come along for the journey with their taste. No, shit. <laughs> come along for the journey. Come along for a taste bud. I mean, you could use that first part though. That first part was great. See you on the flippity flop. <laughs> What's something else I can say there? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the One New Thing podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Kukrut, joined as always by my co-host and love child of Guy Fieri and Julia Childs, Derek Wallace. Hello, Flavortown! This week, Derek, we tried our hand at producing and editing our own cooking shows for the audience. Before we do, though, we always chat about our week a little bit, and I thought it would be fun this week, Derek, if you told me about how it went like your week was a recipe. Oh, okay. Before I get into the actual ingredients of this recipe, I want to say that this was my first week back at work, so this recipe is like one from memory that I'm not entirely sure all of the steps for anymore like I'm kind of making it up so it's like I'm pretty sure that you crack five ten hour days into a bowl and then whisk liberally but I think it might have been smaller eggs than that but whatever it also called for a pinch of sleep but I ended up throwing a whole dash of sleep in and really muddying down the recipe a bit but that's fine because you know what it's it is to taste with things like sleep you really got to follow your heart there the store was a hundred percent out of go outside so I substituted long showers and I had a little bit of leftover Valentine's Day in the pantry so I tossed that on top for garnish sounds like a beautiful week I think that might have been a cake <laughs> um, like maybe I don't know doesn't sound delicious, but it sounds intricate. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, how about you, Ryan? What's your recipe week? Yeah, great question, Derek. And I picked this thing, so I should have had some prepared, but I don't. So we're just kind of wing it in the kitchen like I normally do. You're going to take five cups of going to work about eight feet from where I sleep for nine to ten hour days. Uh, you're going to let those rest. You're going to take a pinch of being overwhelmed, a dash of trying too hard, a tablespoon of anxiety mixed with a teaspoon of I miss people. And then you're going to take that off the stove and just cover it in a bottle of Netflix. So <laughs> that would be my <laughs> week, essentially. This was a bummer. I'm not going to lie to you, Ryan. Seeing it all lined up like that really made me sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, man, but at least things are opening back up. People are going to be able to go places. Like, I know you can go to the gym now in Manitoba. Yeah, that started up two days ago. Also, members of the same household are allowed to go to dinner, so my roommate and I went uh, and ate at the Dale. Nice. We have bars open again here, and I was going to go to one, and then I just didn't, so I missed out on that opportunity, but next weekend. Yeah, maybe in another four months, Ryan. Another four months, yeah. But anyways, let's get into our activity this week, Derek. We had to shoot and produce and edit ourselves some cooking shows. Now, you are a cooking show fiend. Fanatic. Fanatic. You love yourself some cooking shows. This was put together because it was going to be right up your alley, but it was going to be a little bit of work. So tell me about your week. So I love cooking shows, Ryan. You know I love cooking shows. It's kind of the whole rock on which my personality has been built for the last like eight months of doing nothing. And I mean, there's all kinds of cooking shows. You've got the like competition cooking shows. You've got the YouTube celeb makes them solo in the kitchen cooking shows. You know, there's the big budget, big production 
production value camera crew follows Gordon Ramsay around his lake house cooking shows. And I like them all, Ryan. That said, I don't have the budget or the know-how to do anything but the YouTube celebrity solos one in the kitchen thing. I anticipated that was going to be the direction I would take. Sort of right out of the gate. The single camera angle, and I know you wanted me to not, but I was shooting for more or less one camera angle straight across the counter. I chop an onion, that sort of thing. When you pitched the idea to me, I already had a pretty intricate dinner lined up for my girlfriend's birthday. I guess intricate's maybe the wrong word, but it was certainly an aesthetic meal anyways. So I decided to just kind of film myself doing that and make that dish into my cooking show. But I did still feel like I needed some pointers. Maybe not so much on cooking shows themselves because obviously I'm a diehard, but I wanted to speak to somebody who's a culinary professional themselves and is actually a little more versed in the kitchen than I am, see what they thought. So I reached out to an old friend of mine, Kristen Cantello, who's a chef and constant inspiration for me to both try my guts out in the kitchen and also get bad tattoos. So I, I called Kristen up and I asked her why people like cooking shows in the first place. No, I think there's something just really emotional about food, and it's like a really great way for people to bond and express love, and it's just so entertaining and so beautiful. <laughs> you say express love, so food is a love language. Is that acts of service or small gifts, in your opinion? It's, it's both, for sure. Um, I just made a super over-the-top brunch <laughs> for my roommate, and I, like, fully have the meat sleeps right now. I mean, that's the exact headspace we should be approaching every interview with, is, like, a little placated, full of food. I mean, how young were you when you found that cooking was something you wanted to pursue professionally? I, like, realized I had a great passion for it when I was probably around... 10, 12, like I would always be in the kitchen with my mom and my grandma. And then around like 13, 14, I started watching the Food Network and I was like, oh my God, Emerald's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started like reading Anthony Bourdain and I got a job in a restaurant and I was just like, yeah, I want to be this this rock star person. <laughs> it seems like a bit of a cult, honestly. Like, do you think that it is something that people could fake or do you, you have to be called to the kitchen? Well, I don't know. Um, a, a yes and no, because there's so many avenues of cooking and like I try really not to encourage that whole um, idea of what a chef is. Like it's this tattooed person that like smokes cigarettes and drinks all night like there's there's lots of different avenues and I, I I don't necessarily see it as a talent it's it's a craft it's something that you build on forever and learn about and it's also a basic like skill necessity that everybody does and yeah anyone with the drive to pursue it can make an excellent cook in your opinion I think so yes which I think kind of brings us to these uh, like YouTube cooking tutorials like we're trying to make this week. And um, I'm curious, do you think they help or they hurt? Uh, I think they help for sure. It makes things a lot more accessible to people and it's way easier than just reading a convoluted cookbook. And it's really nice to be able to watch someone do it and understand what, what uh, OSEC really means because you can <laughs> read it in a book, but... To see, okay, that means I reduce the sauce until the pan's almost dry. That's what it looks like. Tack, tack, tack. Perfect. 
Um, but on the other side of that coin, there's definitely so much bullshit cooking on the internet. <laughs> I feel like you kind of learn how to weed through that kind of stuff. And it's kind of funny to watch stuff like, do you remember the days of epic meal time? Of like, course, yeah. <laughs> obnoxious (laughs) (laughs) i mean in kind of like a lesser capacity i keep seeing grill guys who refuse to stop making like 25 pound hamburgers on the grill and it just it seems wasteful and yeah i definitely get that but then there's also so many cool like vegan blogs and videos and channels and uh ones about like reducing food waste which i think is really cool because that's the difference between a professional cook and a home cook, I think, is knowing how do I make the most out of these ingredients, make them last as long as possible. And, you know, a lot of people, they buy leeks for a, a soup and they cut off the green part and they throw it in the garbage. But I really like that you can learn to, to do stuff with the whole animal, if you will. <laughs> Definitely. And I mean, so much of good cooking does come from the finding and utilization of good ingredients and then to just throw away 50% or more of it at the end of your recipe is really shooting you in the foot when you've got a bunch of, like what, what would you do with the green part of a leek? Um, well, I would either save it for in my stock bag in the freezer where I save all my onion peels and everything else for when I make stock. Right. Or I used to make this um, like rub for steaks where you basically just completely burn the leek peels and then you grind them up in a coffee grinder and it's like a really nice rub for steaks. Wow. I mean, that's something I never would have thought of. And I mean, if we can touch on the, you using a coffee grinder to grind steak seasoning for a second, what do you think your most useful kitchen tool is? Um, that's a hard one. I'm going to say that like my mandolin definitely, I'm nothing without it. Does that count? That definitely counts. I've been meaning to get one for sure. Yeah, that's right. We were talking about that one too long ago. Definitely food processor next because like don't work harder, work smarter kind of thing. That's legit. Now, kind of conversely though, what is your most useless kitchen gizmo? Okay, I don't have one because I think that they're blasphemy and the thought of them is like raising my blood pressure right now, but (laughs) a garlic press like upset me so okay much. see now i didn't have one and i was i've been seeing people using them like i don't have one and i've been seeing people use them in youtube instructional videos a fair bit and i was kind of like looking at them on amazon just the other day so i'm glad we've had this talk don't do it it's so silly <laughs> it like it, it, it just it mashes the garlic into this gross paste which if you're really in that much of a rush and you can't use a knife to chop garlic just I'd rather people buy that pre-chopped crap that you have in the fridge. Like Right. <laughs> okay. So no garlic press. Yes, food processor. That that yeah. works. As long as there's, you know, I come away from this with something else to put on my grocery list. What is your go-to showstopper dinner? Definitely depends on, like, the season. Um, very, very cook answer. I really like making fresh pastas. I feel like when we have people over for dinner and I do uh, like a gnocchi or something, it's sure. I find it quite impressive and it's like really fun to make and serve. So yeah, probably something in the Okay, if we're talking about fresh pasta then, how important like how important is that super expensive flour that they try to sell me to make pasta with? <laughs> it's pretty important, but it's it's not crucial. The most important part 
in my opinion, which there might be other chefs listening to this that say that I'm so wrong, um, is just buying unbleached flour. Um, right. If you have an unbleached all-purpose, you're you're good. But really, you can you can make anything happen with good old-fashioned all-purpose flour. <laughs> <laughs> a little all-purpose flour goes a long way okay because i mean shoot like i'm gonna ruin this pasta one way or the other way and i just figure i could save myself 17 dollars a pound of flour if i just ruin sure. unbleached robin hood flour instead of the good uh it, good fine grind stuff i mean it definitely like i use it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you're a pro i mean i'm i'm just making an amateur cooking video here so yeah, it's not totally necessary, but it does make a difference. What else do we want to touch on here? <laughs> I assume you think my quesadilla maker is a bad call. I don't need one of those, right? I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's like, like a, a panini press? Yeah, except it's quesadilla specific. <laughs> oh my god, so what's the difference between that, a grilled cheese maker, a panini press, a waffle iron? Okay, waffle iron, different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in retrospect, I really don't know why I purchased it, but... It, it burns little cacti into my quesadillas. Okay, that's fun. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 more of a, a garnish machine than anything, but... Yeah. You know, you gotta have your accoutrement. Um, it always blows my mind when I'm in other people's kitchens, like, and I don't mean to sound like the stuck-up professional, but it blows my mind how many gadgety, gimmicky things people have. You, you just, you don't need most stuff, like gadgety kitchen. Low-key, pretty hooked on gadgety gizmos. Um, I'm <laughs> well, trying, like, I'm actively trying cooking. to resist it, though. I do promise, but, I mean, I've got a panini press and a quesadilla press and a uh, magic bullet and a you know, just little dumb things. And yeah, the magic bullet definitely. Those are great for like smoothies and hummus and stuff for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Before I before I let you go here, Chris, then one thing I should actually probably address in regards to making a quality video: food styling. Is there anything I need to know going into that, or should I just kind of wing it, follow my heart? Well, um, I feel like you know the golden rule to always uh, plate out from the center of the plate. Keep your rims really nice and clean. Um, try and build heights and have lots of colors. And, uh, yeah, to me, it's really easy to make food look great on a plate, but I have a hard time capture it, capturing it with photography. Like, that's quite difficult to me. <laughs> right. And I mean, I'm certainly no photographer either, um, but I, you know, I, I want to be able to fake something because I do have a co-host that I have to beat into the ground here, so... Yeah, you gotta beat him. Start in well, the center of the plate, nice work and over. High. Yeah. Ah, nice and high, okay. You can do it. And if you wanna try out what are you making? I'm making a fish fry. I'm I'm gonna fry a whole fish for fish tacos. Wow, that sounds so nice. So It is gonna be so nice, thank you. <laughs> so you're gonna cook a whole fish. I would definitely keep the head and like try oh, absolutely. to the garnish. Yeah, the way I the way I kind of do it is like I'll, I'll just score the sides of the fish and then fry oil fry the whole entire fish and then you can kind of pluck off its little diamondy fish bits on the side there. Oh, yeah, fun. You're so adventurous. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I try, you know. Um, so yeah, leave the head on. Good idea. That's that's keen advice because I was probably going to take it off because it does look an awful lot like an animal with the head on. But maybe that's 
the magic right what there. I like about it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of creepy. Kind of creepy, man. For sure. Okay, so that's all I needed to hear, Kristen. I'm going to leave the head on the fish. And you know what? Haters be damned. It's, it is yeah, what it is. Put a it? smoke in its mouth. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. And I look forward to putting some of this into practice, Kristen. Yeah, I hope I was helpful and not too just like meat sleepy to say anything of value. Listen, if we're going to talk about food, it, it is important that both of us be a little tired and blasé about the whole thing. Um, I think it, it adds aesthetic to this interview that would have otherwise sure. been lacking. It's authentic, yeah. Well, again, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you later, okay? Okay, bye. Bye. Sounds like you guys had a nice time just catching up in general, but she had some really nice points there. That whole part about the plating and presentation techniques, I definitely didn't take into account. So what about you? What'd you get out of that? Definitely. Well, I didn't follow her advice and put a cigarette in my fish's mouth, but that's only because I don't have cigarettes anymore, Ryan. But <laughs> otherwise, she said bring height, she said bring color, and she said work from the outside or the center of the plate outward, which I wanted to do. I really did. It's just my portions were so large that I kind of ended up plating the whole thing on a cutting board <laughs> but you know how taco night goes ryan so it's it's always kind of about several bowls and grabbing from and i, I tried to chase good looking ingredients over necessarily beautiful plating yeah no that's completely fair i heard you say taco night there so it sounds like you went tacos <laughs> talk about the whole experience not just the dish but filming and editing and, and all the fun stuff just talk about the project this meal was already slated for the girl's birthday she wanted fish fried tacos you'll see the fundamentals of how i prepare the dish in the video you're about to watch Ryan but overall I like to prepare the whole fish because it looks like a fucking fish and it's kind of gross and it's kind of scary and people like that sort of <laughs> thing you know it's a bit of a thrill ride so I was very comfortable in the kitchen with this singular exception of the fact that like in order to film this thing I couldn't really work at the kitchen counter so I had to establish a children's desk in the middle of the kitchen and was working like buckled straight over the whole time through <laughs> it was nighttime, which kind of sucked and didn't help so I had to use one of those like ring lights for those instagram influencers correct i got one for my girlfriend for christmas because she's in zoom and she's doing classes and if you're going to be looking at your own face all day you may as well be getting a little boost that whole time yeah you might as well like the lighting yeah exactly right so so i fired that thing on i hooked my iphone up i tried three different camera angles for you ryan we've got the straight down the barrel we've got the zoomed overhead on my hands and then we've got kind of like a wide shot of the fish fry but i don't think describing it's gonna do it justice ryan i guess i'll just let you have a look of it right here that looked really good ben it turned out all right i appreciate your culinary skills for sure i appreciated the attempted multiple camera angles the catchphrase with a little <laughs> a little it's thrown a, in there and that's how you make fish tacos you don't like that i appreciate <laughs> it so every time you cook something you'll be like and that's how you cook steak like is that, is no, that... no no i think every time i cook anything i'm gonna say and that's how you make fish tacos okay well that'll be funny <laughs> but it'll be a lot funnier when you're not cooking fish tacos <laughs> i mean i used my one new thing catchphrase at the end there i did throw in the try or die well actually that came out organically that's just sort of how i talk 
truck now, but I'm not certain if that counts or if that's piggybacking off of this show more than it is creating a catchphrase for that show, you know? You know what, Derek? I'll give you a ruling on this one. Is it mainly your catchphrase for this show? Yes. Did you make this production based on this show? Yes. So I think it transfers over. I will accept try or die because it's your life motto. So if we can't use your life motto in the kitchen, then really should you be in there turning up the heat? Oh, turning up the heat. You've already got better catchphrases just talking about my catchphrases. So, okay, I want to clarify here. I do get a pass for try or die, but the judges are still out on whether or not that's how you make fish tacos is a suitable catchphrase. You are correct. You get a pass. I accept try or die. That's how you make fish tacos will only be accepted after five videos of other foods being cooked. (laughs) (laughs) Then it will be accepted as your catchphrase. Uh, Shit. Yeah, this was... I didn't enjoy this one, Ryan. You know what? I really like to cook. I do not like to film myself cooking. Much worse, I didn't realize how much I was going to hate talking to a camera while cooking. I was uncomfortable. Out of my element. Didn't love this. Video editing is a pain in the ass. Yeah, video editing is a huge pain in the ass. I know that full well. You didn't seem that uncomfortable talking to the camera, but I get it is weird for sure, especially when you know, you're not talking to anybody. Like, (laughs) you're doing it for people to maybe watch it eventually. Like, you weren't making this for anyone except for me for a thing so I could get out that could be uncomfortable but I really just wanted to throw you back to dream journaling that fish was scary man it was like you were souffleing up some monsters in the apocalypse (laughs) Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I probably should have stuck with my cooking with Derek show roots and just filmed the whole thing in 10 second segments on Snapchat instead of trying so hard and trying to do like a genuine cooking show. Because honestly, I think the production value winds up being a little lower because I tried and failed than it would have <laughs> if I just if I just rolled in with zero fuck. Like my instinct was again to just record the whole thing on Snapchat and then use that as my editing software and just, you know, cooking with Derek show episodes. 11 but i didn't i tried far too hard ryan you just gave way too many fucks so fucking many fucks ryan you gotta give less fucks oh do less baby all day yeah honestly derek i was expecting a few more giggles but it seemed a little bit like (laughs) you were cooking and then you're like oh yeah i gotta tell people what i'm doing 100 percent. and see with the cooking with derek show once upon a time i was deliberately trying to make like a parody cooking show but with this ryan nail on the head buddy i was just kind of cooking and then every like 10 seconds or so it'd be like oh shit yeah uh as you can see here i'm scoring the fish it wasn't my wasn't my shining moment as far as a new thing is concerned it reminded me of like a local pbs cooking show a little bit just nice and informative i mean that would be nice that would be a dream of mine no that's completely fair well all in all i think you did a good job man how about the meal itself how did it taste was the lady happy yeah yeah she requested it long before she knew we were doing this episode she likes the way i cook Yeah, no, the food was great. I can cook, dog. It was it was tasty. <laughs> the video itself was a little little lacking, but you know, such is such is life. All in all, Ryan, I had fun in the kitchen. I had less fun in the editing room. That was my week. There you have it. How about you, Ryan? How did make a cooking show go for you? Yeah, well, as long as you had fun, man, that's all that matters. That's all we care about here on One New Thing. It's just joy. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So, when preparing for this, I don't watch a ton of cooking shows, and I had no fucking idea what I wanted to cook. And then I kind of, like, procrastinated a bit. 
but I kind of let my stomach guide the way, Derek. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just waited until my stomach told me I really needed to have something, and that is what I was going to use for the inspiration. And lo and behold, I was on Instagram, and one of David Dobrik's Instagram stories was a really cheesy Chicago deep dish pizza. And I was like, ooh. It looks like a pizza casserole. <laughs> that looks amazing to me. So I knew what I was going to eat. So now it was time to get prepping, get ready, get prepared. So like always, Derek, once I kind of got a hold of the anxiety, like took down that struggle a little bit, I just sat down, took a deep breath, and just remembered who the fuck I am. Boy, oh boy. Sugar and spice and everything wrong with the world. Ryan, here you are, buddy. Simple-minded insults, they do not bother me any, as it is like Father always said, resentment is the peasant's wealth. But we are back again to speak upon another subject this week, Derek. We're going to dig deeper into cooking shows, an art form that has developed only over the last 100 years or so. Normally, Derek, my dear boy, we would start this off with a definition, but even a deaf, dumb, and blind squirrel would be able to tell you what a cooking show is. So how about you just give me a brief history of cooking shows in 300 words or less? Um, probably started on... You know what? Actually, cooking shows are one of those things where, like, I imagine they were one of the first things broadcast. You can record them semi-live, like, as all television was pretty live in the earliest days. I'll say 1962, the first black and white cooking show saw air. Derek, my dear boy, that was not too far off. However, I do know you are a bit short-sighted, and the, the Perm show might have thrown you off as someone who was a fan of radio shows in the past seems to have forgotten and that that medium existed beforehand. The first radio cooking show existed in 1924. It did, however, become adapted for televisions as the technology changed. The first instance of a cooking show was aired on BBC on January 21st. 1937. Marcel Boulston, who became famous in the English-speaking world for his cookery books on French cuisine, demonstrated the preparation of an omelette as part of a 15-minute program. Ever since this time, the form... Ever since then, the art form has continued to develop. We have seen the development of a channel solely devoted to the art of cooking. And even now, we continue to see it adapt with social media influencers putting out shows on YouTube. And podcasters, Ryan. Now you're getting it, dear boy. Derek, speaking of radio cooking shows, however, like I said, the first show debuted in 1924. What was it called and who did it star? Cooking with Julia Childs, starring Julia Childs. Wait, 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 wait. What did she call it? The Peasant Chef? Homestyle French cooking? Homestyle French cooking with Julia Childs? Derek, for such a savant of Cooking World TV, you basically just aged Julia Childs around 100 years old at death. <laughs> the original cooking show aired in the United States on the radio. It was called The Betty Crocker Cooking School of the Air, and it starred the fictional character Betty Crocker. Okay, okay. Julia Childs? She was like in her late 90s in the 2000s. Whatever. It doesn't matter. That was a reasonable guess. Fuck off. Fuck you, Betty Crocker. You did, however, almost answer the next question already. Oh, good. 
1963, one of the first cooking shows in the United States aired. It was hosted by Julia Child, the author of the cookbook Mastering the Art of French Cooking. What was that show's name? So I assume it was none of my guesses from before, Ryan. You assume correctly. Then I am going to go with Servantless Chef. No, that was her like book forward. I don't think that's actually the title. How about Cooking with Julia Childs? No, no, wait, wait, wait. The Julia Childs Experience. Derek, how dare you soil the good name of Julia Childs, you goatish gad about you. <laughs> the show, Derek, after all of your pandering, was simply called The French Chef. Oh, The French Chef. So it wasn't Julia Childs Presents The Hunger Games. It is, of course, my fault that I continue to return. However, I feel if I did not, that your audience would be just as poorly educated as you are, sir. Moving on. Derek, are you a watcher of the Food Network by chance? I pay an extra premium a month on my Amazon package in order to get the Food Network specifically. Came bundled with HGTV, though, so I'm pretty set up. With a devotion such as that, you will surely be able to tell me in what year that network was established. 1943. Oh, Derek. This is one of your closest guesses to date. Really? As you are merely 50 years off. 1993, the Food Network was established. Huh. Derek, I thought I could make amends with you. You know, mend some fences, bury the hatchet, build a bridge with you by asking you a series of questions related to the Food Network itself. Sure. As a pastry chef, this man was first seen on Food Network Challenge. He hosted a show from 2006 to 2011 that was filmed in his bakery. For which of these chefs does Food Network sell a cake designer kit? Uh, Cake Boss. Can't remember his name. Man, what's his fucking last name? Buddy, 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 Volt. Buddy Valentino? The correct answer was the host of Ace of Cakes, Duff Goldman. Oh, so it wasn't Cake Boss at all? No, unfortunately <laughs> not. Okay, so yeah, no, the Cake Boss is Buddy Falastro, though. I was pretty close to the wrong answer. That is one of the most correct incorrect answers I've ever heard, boy. <laughs> Episodes of 30-Minute Meals and $40 a Day were on constant repeat shortly before this host got her own talk show. Rachel Ray. Correct. Love me some Rachel Ray. Derek. Ryan. Who was the second season winner of the next Food Network star? How on earth would I know that, Ryan? Um, second season winner, Little Tug McAllister out of Georgia. Derek, you milk-livered wagtail. For such a diehard of diners, drive-ins, and dives, one would think you would know the winner of the second season of the next Food Network star was the one and only Guy Fieri. I refuse to acknowledge any Guy Fieri pre-frosted tips. Derek, I know that one stings a bit, dear boy, but I'm going to give you a shot at redemption. Guy Fieri. <laughs> Please name... Six shows Guy Fieri has been involved with on the Food Network. So like a phoenix rising from the Fieri ashes. Obviously, you've got Triple D, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Also got Triple G, Guy's Grocery Games. You've got 
which apparently I didn't know, the next Food Word Network star. That's number three. God, now what else has he been in? Because those are the ones I know know. I imagine he popped up on a Celebrity Iron Chef, maybe even just as a judge. Um... Brian, I don't know. I only know the two. Triple G and Triple D, baby. Well, both of those are indeed culinary classic masterpieces, Derek. The other answers which would have been acceptable included Guy's Big Bites. Oh, sure. Guy Off the Hook. Okay, yep. And Guy's Family Road Trip. <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen none of those things. <laughs> Derek, as a proud Canadian, a food enthusiast, and a social media personality yourself, what Canadian cooking channel, debuting in October of 2010, became an instant smash success on the platform? Canadian cooking channel? Munchies? The answer I was looking for, dear boy, was Epic Mealtime. Ah, fuck Harvey and those guys. That's not even really a cooking show, man. That's more of a mess-making show where they make messes. I very much believe it is a cooking show. It is based around food. And yet the food, though it may be sloppy and might not look very appetizing, is indeed still food. Finally, Derek, as a avid lover of pop culture and cooking yourself, one YouTube personality clashes the two in a show where he combines the fictional foods of television and movie fame and tries to recreate them in his YouTube kitchen studio. Binging with Bobbish has 8.56 million YouTube subscribers and has recreated such dishes as the eggplant calzones from Seinfeld as the deep dish pizza rant from Jon Stewart and multiple Rick and Morty abominations. Do you think they made that super picturesque cheese pizza from the Goofy movie? Hasn't have it consumer of the world of culinary cinematique? <laughs> How many views has Babish acquired over the course of his YouTube stardom? Total? Oh, fuck. 8.1 billion. Derek, my dear boy, you were not far off once again. Of course, you were incorrect as that is the theme of this show in general. <laughs> I am happy to say, though, Derek, you are improving when it comes to talking about nonsense such as this. But the correct answer was 1,780,067,902 as of one second ago. 8 billion was a huge guess. Billion just seems like such a made-up number to me. And so I have a really hard time honing in on when it is and is not appropriate. And we have had questions on this segment before, Ryan, where I would never have dreamed. And I say like 800,000 thinking that's a, a huge unreal number and then it ends up being in the billions. So yeah, okay. However, Derek, that is about as much help as I would like to give you in the kitchen. Speaking of help in the kitchen, mine does sound like they are finishing my dinner up right now. So I must be off. This has been another Facts and Stats. You know what, Ryan? Honestly, that was one of my wheel... No, not wheelhouse necessarily, but I had a chance in that ring, which is a nice change of pace for me. So you researched the ins and outs of the Cooking Network and YouTube, and then how did that apply to your week making a cooking show? Yeah, definitely, Derek. I 100% got myself accustomed to YouTube first because I knew going into it, I wanted to have a Chicago deep dish. It's all cheesy and gooey, and I've made a lot of you know thin crust or regular crust pizzas, but a pizza casserole just sounded like it was right up my fucking alley for a weekend dish, right? So I went and just looked up a recipe, but you can never tell if they're going to be good or not. 
Yeah, just by the pictures on the recipe. So I went to YouTube and that jerk Ryan, he might be a jerk, but he brought up someone very important. He did bring up an icon though. He brought up uh, Babish, binging with Babish, however you say it, I'm sorry. But I saw right away he had done a Chicago deep dish, but I checked it out and it looked fucking amazing. So I was like, I'm gonna use this recipe. This is how I'm going to go about doing this. So I had that part down. Then I had to decide what kind of video I wanted to shoot. I like his videos, but I didn't want to rip off his recipe and his videos. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what I went ahead and did is I started thinking about different angles and my camera equipment and stuff. And then I was like, hey, wait, I have a brother who does this shit for a living who owns about $20,000 worth of camera equipment I don't own. Oh, no. And it was all pretty last minute. And I just shot him a message on Saturday morning and I said hey is there any chance and you can say no that you can help me film I'm gonna do a cooking show it'll take two to three hours he's like you know what for sure because he's been wanting to help me film with some of my stuff anyways so I had recruited a director a director of photography a master editor the guy who uh, is better than me at everything so the quality was going to be super high a special shout out to rogue pixel media shout out to rogue pixel media we haven't gotten to say that this season even once ryan i know shout out to rogue pixel media not only does he shoot dope shit but he also had our facts and stats intro last year but we went a little classier with my little sister this year so i had my cameraman i had what i wanted to cook i went to the grocery store this was the most expensive video i have ever <laughs> made i had my cameraman i knew what i wanted to cook i went to the grocery store <laughs> you know <laughs> self-checkout or conventional checkout ryan self-checkout i spent way more than i thought i was going to like this was by far the most expensive activity that we have picked because i just didn't own some things but my kitchen is fully stocked now fun fact derek you were happy about your cast iron i too own my very own cast iron now nice i got myself some pizza pans i got myself like a nice little multi-speed mixer nice i don't even have one of those I'm, I still I still beat it by hand, Ryan. I know. I should have, honestly. I didn't really need it, but I bought it. Ever since my teen years. <laughs> Ever since my teen years. <laughs> <laughs> so I had everything I needed, but then I realized I have the smallest kitchen in the world. So I hit up another buddy. Shout out to Chris Ray and said, hey, you have a big open kitchen, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, hey, can I come over and bring whiskey and get a little drunk and film a video? He was down. So it's time to make a video. So we get there. Chris Ray is obviously overwhelmed as we truck, you know, four loads of equipment into his room. Yeah. <laughs> Take an hour to set up some professional equipment, and then we go ahead and get to shooting. Now, this video shoot that was going to take two or three hours took us about five and a half, six hours in total to do shooting for. One thing about working with a brother who does things professionally is he wants to get the shots right. So a few whiskeys in and we barely fought, though. It usually me and him get into some good little battles, but it actually went pretty smoothly and we came out with a product I'm pretty happy with. Another thing, too, Derek, is when I was buying those ingredients, I realized I already have all these ingredients. And what's just another dude making a piece? pizza on a video so i wanted to take a little different angle so i decided to make it a battle so i didn't just make a chicago deep dish pizza i did chicago deep dish versus new york i made two pies and put them to the test on a head-to-head -head battle and this is what we came up with man okay so your production value is a little mile or two better than mine uh, that like looks incredible and am i right in my read that catchphrase is oh you thought it was raw 
boom, not anymore. You are 100% correct. It is. Oh, you thought you was raw? Boom, not anymore. Like the DMX lyric? The DMX lyric from the Rough Riders Anthem. (laughs) If you're listening at home right now, hit pause. Go search Rough Riders Anthem by DMX on YouTube. Skip to three minutes exactly, and you will see where the catchphrase comes from. Incidentally, that's also the only lyric from the Rough Riders anthem that Ryan can say. So, stop, (laughs) drop, shut him down, open up shop. Oh, no. Where the Rough Riders roll. Man, that should have been my catchphrase. That should have been my catchphrase. (laughs) What if we both organically came to DMX catchphrases? That would have been amazing. Sick, man. Hell of a video. But I I need you to tell me a little more about this. How was the food? How did the product turn out? Yeah, for sure. Uh, On the food side, as you saw from the video, my Chicago deep dish beat out New York. Now, disclaimer for everyone who's going to get mad. Me included, yeah. It won because the crust was better and the sauce was a little better. Now, if I would have one a little heavier sauce and the same crust and a little cheesier on the New York, I like the foldability. I like how you eat it better. I think New York would have won uh, if all things were equal in the prep because I do like the foldability of a nice New York slice and I don't like eating my pizza with a fork generally, you know, so I probably would have went New York. But from this video, those two pizzas, the Chicago was better and I stand by it. It sounds to me like the scientific method was the problem here not so much the pizza itself but i mean i am of the mind that chicago deep dish dish pizza is a not pizza and is b it's like lasagna trying way too hard to be a soup i don't know that's not what this show is about (laughs) ryan and i don't want to start that whole beef here but chicago deep dish pizza has never had a place in my heart well you probably haven't had some good chicago deep dish that's the thing that's what i'm saying is maybe i'm gonna have to follow your your tutorial and make it myself yeah 100% like I said New York is still I think where my heart is at overall but from these two pizzas if you followed both recipes exactly I did have a couple other people there my brother preferred the Chicago and my buddy Chris Ray whose kitchen I was in he actually preferred the New York because he liked the crust of the New York a little better so there is some discrepancy there in the voting but it was two to one Chicago in the house too but the process itself making this video one working with your brother is both amazing and he knows what he's doing that's why the production quality is so good that's why the edit's good yeah i mean it is obvious to me that you had a ringer in your corner and again the production value is through the roof comparatively i have a single standing camera on a stand you have a moving steady cam shot wipes transitions logos background music like no we're not <laughs> even in the same tournament anymore man it's little league up against sammy fucking sosa when i chose this one last week derek i said to you i says to you i says i'm tired of a fucking mailing in a couple of these in a row i'm gonna do the old kook try hard shit and (laughs) i went for it i went ham luckily for me too i had a built-in advantage with having my brother living in the same city who does that stuff for a living so the whole process though it was fun to make me and my brother barely fought that was rare we only had like two fights (laughs) no the process was good chris ray was a huge sport because what was supposed to be a three-hour shoot took five and a half almost six hours he went from a little annoyed to having a lot of fun by the end he helped me with the Rough Riders catchphrase. <laughs> we finished that 40 of whiskey by the end. 
end of the video so that was a fun little treat and all in all i'd say the only downsides of filming this video is how that counter was set up it had one of those middle pieces so the entire time i was prepping like hunched over uh similar to you how you had to hunch on the shorter i had to hunch forward mm -hmm. it was fun the video turned out great and i was happy with the experience in general and the food was good both were really good and now i know how to make a pizza crust by hand that i would consider absolutely killer it's a the secret is that italian bread flour yeah in my interview with Kristen, i asked the importance of the italian flour for pasta making and she said that while it isn't necessary it does make a noticeable difference you just got to be willing to toss around bread like pizza dough baby <laughs> yeah for sure and i wish i listened to that before but thank goodness binging with babish had the yeah. same uh same advice for me and the other thing too i would say just for the cooking side is if even if you're shopping at walmart they have an international food section there's a good chance you can get whole peeled san marzano tomatoes from italy and <laughs> i have never had a better pizza sauce in my entire life than when i use those tomatoes like forever i will never go back to a hunt's canned tomato well i mean i run a unico but yeah it's all about which can of tomatoes you pick for sure let's shut one new thing down after you know even seven episodes into season two it's done let's just start rating canned tomatoes <laughs> every week tune in honestly that is some hilarious content but yeah that was my whole experience all in all challenging week fun week more stressful week and when i reflect back on it and when I really think about things, I start to have just some numbers pop into my head, Derek. Which numbers, Ryan? Oh, they're a variation of numbers, but there's three of them. And they're pretty big. <laughs> so, Derek, it's that time of the week again where we do a little self-reflection. It's time for the big three, baby. Let's start it off. Honest effort. What was your effort, honestly, this week? Okay, I love cooking. I put a lot of effort in when I cook in general, but I don't rate it as burdenous necessarily. So, I mean, my effort for the overall cooking side of things, I'm going to say is probably like a two, but the real effort gets squeezed in. And I know when you're looking at your video versus my video, it's going to be like, how could he possibly have put in as much editing? But editing sucks so fucking much. And for that reason, and that reason alone, I'm going to give my new thing effort another 2.2 putting me at 4.2 on effort for this week and like none of that is for the actual task of cooking it is a hundred percent how shitty like i don't have a good computer so this thing doesn't want to edit it doesn't want to deal with being edited it doesn't want me putting video and like oh my god the whole thing was like pulling fucking teeth <laughs> ryan 4.2 100 because of the editing I am with you on that. I don't know if I've said it yet, but 100%, man. It's... <laughs> This task is not difficult if you enjoy cooking. Derek loves cooking. I enjoy cooking quite a bit too, but I'm with you. It's the editing, and I've seen some of the struggles you've had to go through to try and get this thing all together. And some getting it off of my phone and onto the computer was a multi day solve. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's been fucking burdenous, yeah. Ryan. And so 4.2, and I'm, I stand by that. I'm down with it, man. I think that's a great effort. In fact, I almost think you could have pushed it higher just because I know you had to put in the effort of trying to remember to talk to a camera while doing something you loved, <laughs> like an extra burdenous task. Uh, but that brings us to the next question. And this one is intriguing for me to find out. The impact, the new thing impact for this task itself. You love to watch them. 
What's the impact of making a cooking show? Oh, buddy, I forgot I was making a cooking show most of the time I was making a cooking show. My girlfriend enjoyed the dinner, which is nice, but she would have already enjoyed it without me recording myself. And frankly speaking, she missed out because I was recording an episode. Normally, we'd kind of cook together, but I had to kind of shoo her out of the room for that. So there was a bit of an impact, but it was kind of a negative one. It made something that I really enjoy doing a little less enjoyable for me. So I will give it a three on impact but that's like a negative three. I would prefer the activity be unimpacted, actually. Oh, wow. So you're at a negative impact. Three, man. Honestly, I was hoping that this would be more fun for you than it was. I was hoping it would make a bigger impact, but you can't force what you love and you didn't love it overall. I think three is a perfectly fair score. Yeah, and again, I have had experience kind of making a like a, a lame duck cooking show in the past called The Cooking with Derek Show, where I literally just recorded 10 second Snapchat snippets of me screaming into a camera while preparing food. And if I had stuck to that methodology, I think I would have really enjoyed it. But I tried to go the professional route. I tried to be somebody I'm not. I tried to do something I don't necessarily enjoy. I just wound up being uncomfortable and alone in a kitchen in a situation that would have otherwise been me very comfortable and having a great time with my partner in the kitchen. So impact three, but it's a negative three. I didn't I didn't enjoy feeling that impact. That's fair, man. That's completely fair. I understand that. So last but not least, I don't have high hopes for this one. Although... I'm on the fence because Cooking with Derek was always a fun little show in the past. Will you do this again? And that's exactly right, Ryan. Yes, I will do it again for sure. Never again in this way. If I take all the seriousness out of it, I take all of the professionalism out of it, and I get back to my goofball roots, then yeah, 100%. I like cooking. I love cooking. I love doing informative things. Like, I I would enjoy making something that can impart some of my, you know, passion for amateur cooking onto an audience, but I would not do it again while I was trying so hard. I'm glad that cooking with Derek is not RIP'd with this activity, so I'm happy with the outcome. (laughs) If I'm going to bring cooking with Derek back, though, I'm going to have to find more discount meats, right? Like the whole mythos of that show was based on canned tuna or spam. So (laughs) yeah, your palate has changed quite a bit. It's not my palate, baby. It's not my palate. It's my paycheck. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. I think it would just be funny seeing you cook a little more hoity-toity. It might even be a la season two facts and stats version of cooking with Derek. I mean, you know what? Superstore does sell $10 bags of popcorn shrimp and I can really see myself making like a $10 bag of shrimp scampi or something (laughs) like you know get back in there maybe maybe so yeah like honestly will I do it again probably but not in the way I did it for this episode that's my big three Ryan means it's your turn guy yeah what was your honest effort this week yeah man coming into this I felt like we put out two great episodes in a row but we didn't challenge ourselves the way we normally did Uh, so I went into this week with that try hard mentality uh, going into it so when picking this I knew the editing was going to be tedious I knew that I couldn't just do something I already knew how to cook so I, I chose something new I chose ingredients I didn't have I forced myself to kind of get out of my comfort level in the kitchen a little bit as far as the pizza crust from scratch was concerned and really caring about ingredients. Normally when I cook, I'm like, tomatoes are tomatoes. (laughs) This week, I was like, nope, (laughs) like the finer things only. So my effort this week, the goal, man, was going to be like a five. Right. But then I ended up talking to my dear, lovely brother and just bringing in an absolute ringer. And when he comes in, that took 
took away the stress of the shots and that took away the stress of the edit. I helped edit, but I can't say I did as much editing as you did this week, honestly. So my effort is going to be lower than yours, Derek. My effort was a 3.8 this week. Shout out to Rogue Pixel Media for helping a brother out. They say in show business, Ryan, it's not who you are, it's who you know. And that seems to be pretty true for this. But the impact, what was the impact for this week? The impact for me was substantial. And that's not Chris when he's below par. The <laughs> impact was substantial, though. I went into this already enjoying cooking already enjoying recording content, putting things out uh, digitally. I have a knack for dialogue and text and second takes. (laughs) When I'm good at second (laughs) takes, man, I can hear it where I miss it and I can do five or six takes and they get progressively better every time. And the fact that I got to work on a project with my brother and be able to put out content I'm actually very proud of. I am going to give the impact of this process as a whole, all things considered, a 4.5. Higher than I was expecting, but it sounds like you deserve it. I just feel, Derek, that after doing like a professional shoot and taking those takes and getting to be myself and make another creative thing, and I've done a few things like this in the past, and this just added another piece of content to my repertoire that I think turned into a really good product. So if I'm talking about my impact, if I think I put out something good that is worth people seeing that I'm proud of and that I think can stand alone on its own, then it's going to be high, man. That's fair. That's fair. And it's not my week to pick the next thing because we are doing a fan episode, but it sounds like I'm going to have to put up Frost Your Tips (laughs) as an episode maybe coming up in the future, and then we can just get you right started on your ascension into Guy Fieri stardom. Well, do you think I'd look good with a goatee buddy or what? I think what really matters, Ryan, is would you do this again? Yeah. Coot catchphrase in three, two, one, one hundred percent. I will do this thing again. (laughs) I developed a little cooking show where I compared two similar foods that have a debate uh, about which is superior. And this is a piece of content I will 100% be doing again this year. Fantastic. I've got something you can put into the lab there, Ryan, because I have a hard time deciding if I prefer rice noodles or egg noodles in a stir fry. So get to the bottom of it. Boom. All right. I'm taking recipes from people. You know the rules. (laughs) Ingredients similar, base different. So, Derek, if you have a rice noodle and egg noodle recipe, let me know. But if not, I'll start doing some research, and I promise you that content will come out this year. I mean, I just buy them in bags. So, uh, one bite, everybody knows the rules, right? Gotta go from scratch, baby. Oh, Geez, you're already blossoming into a chef like I never was. So this is all you, baby boy. But you've got that smile on your face, it seems like. But Ryan, it's that time of the season, Ryan, where now it's not even me. I don't even get to choose what we do next week. We had a poll up and it's time for our fan episode. That it is, my friend, and the scary thing about this, if you are new to the One New Thing podcast, is we do two of these a year, and last year, the first episode, they made us learn how to yodel, which was the most embarrassing episode of my life. (laughs) 
See, you hear Derek singing because he enjoyed it. Derek enjoyed the task last year. I did not, so you will not catch me yodeling. I do not have auto-tune on this microphone. And then after that, they made us do a gluttonous food challenge that ended up wrecking my insides for about a week, and I tried to eat a chicken super fast. Spicy, and that was a mistake. Fuck, I was up at 3 in the morning having Braxton Higgs contractions fucking after that spicy chicken challenge, so that one was not so fun. And we're here again, and we put out the poll, so how it worked everyone is we asked on our instagram so if you're not following that yet you better but we asked on our instagram what do you want to see us do me and derek each picked two of our favorites we generally go one in and out of our comfort zone and we put them up and let you guys decide and the winner was drum roll please <laughs> drum roll <laughs> yeah drum roll sounds <laughs> the winner was paint a self-portrait Derek. Ooh, i'm not even mad at that that's the lightest one they've ever voted for us i'm, I'm into it i'm not mad i don't have a ton of artistic drawing skills so i'm not pumped at what it's gonna look like because you know it's my face so if i butcher it <laughs> i'm just wrecking my face more but i'm not mad at it i was really hoping for eat ahead of lettuce so yeah me too i was really rooting for eat ahead of lettuce but i wouldn't worry too much about painting i mean picasso painted hella stupid faces on a regular basis we're gonna dummy that guy easy yeah no this is gonna be exciting one my girlfriend does a lot of painting so it'll be a moment we can share you know i like those mine is gonna be very very triangles (laughs) yeah that's dick what do they call that i don't know man i'm not good with art is that impressionism is that an impressionist painting i don't know who knows who cares all i know is it's definitely gonna be a masterwork you know who will know is facts and stats ryan next week i'm sure oh no (laughs) art history ah man shut it down shut it down pull the fucking plug boys it's over (laughs) yeah exactly we're gonna have terrible paintings but a great facts and stats segment (laughs) be ready i mean you're a new condo needs some art on the walls it does you are not wrong but yeah that's it thank you for everyone who voted oh the person who suggested paint a self-portrait was sherry b from winnipeg sherry you did it it should be fun derek i love these fan vote ones because it's not something that i would ever suggest no it's gonna be good but i think that does it and it's probably time to shut off the lights in the test kitchen on this week's episode making a cooking show thanks to everybody who tunes in and listens if you like this week's podcast you can find more like it wherever you found this week's podcast. Special thanks as well to good friend of mine, the ever-electric Kristen Cantello, who wants to thank her cat Nancy, without whom this would never have been possible, and also wants to suggest that you all order food from a local restaurant and don't get it on Skip the Dishes. And a big shout-out from me, one, to Chris Ray. Thank you for letting me use your giant kitchen, because my narrow-ass kitchen would have made for terrible content. <laughs> but the bigger shout-out is my brother, at Rogue Pixel Media on Instagram. There's a throwback. Classic first season shout out. Thank you, Rogue Pixel Media. Classic first season. Thank you for shooting everything and doing most of the editing and only fighting with me two times. <laughs> and only fighting with me two times. And of course, thank you to the listener, not only for tuning in each week, but also for putting up with us being a little late sometimes. We really appreciate it, and I know it's maybe not an inconvenience, but certainly an aching disappointment for you, and I appreciate the absence of hate mail we've been getting. (laughs) No one is more disappointed than us, I promise you that. Yeah, I don't know, man. Our parents love the podcast. They're probably pretty upset. True. And if you want to catch up with the visual representations of this podcast, remember to check out our Instagram at one new thing podcast. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, Derek. 
I'm proud of you. Proud of you too, buddy.